if we do an episode of Drunken Uncultured without going down a rabbit hole, did we actually record an episode of Drunken Uncultured? Hi guys, you're listening to Drunken Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. And we are your friendly neighborhood alcoholics. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And I don't know what comes next. <laughs> you know what it is? It's because we haven't been, we've been drinking coffee and not beer. So I'm sober <laughs> right now. So I'm not really sure how to do this. We should have chugged a high life first. <laughs> so we just paused to have a beer because we were sober and that felt weird. Sober and caffeinated. Yeah, a little too caffeinated. That's our new podcast. Sober, sober and caffeinated. caffeinated. Um, so for those of you that have... Uh, are just listening for the first time. We are a pop culture podcast, and we like to get drunk on new beers every week on air. Yep. Although right now I'm drinking High Life, so. <laughs> so, as Stephanie mentioned, for those of you that are now listening, we also try to drink a new beer every episode, or we have been at least. Um, we don't repeat anything. Or if we do, it's not intentionally. Yeah. Um, we're building a, uh, like a spreadsheet of what we've had so far so that we don't repeat. Oh, are but, we? I or forgot. I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, but moving forward, Stephanie's bought a bunch of new beer and, um, we're trying things, we're trying to try things for the first yeah, time. Yeah, we're, live. well, I mean, I've had uh, this you've before. you've had this one, but one of us is, we're trying to have one of us try yeah. something for the first time yeah. live. Um, it's so, going to be a lot of you because the next yeah. couple months are going to be all out of state beer that I've had before. So. All right. So, you want to start off by what we're drinking? All right. So, this week, we have got lot number six from Evolution Craft Brewing. Uh, they're based out in Salisbury, Maryland. Um, this is a double IPA. It's 8.5%. Oof. Sorry, Lindsay. <laughs> I, know you, I know you said bring light beer, but I brought the opposite of light beer. They um, have the certified Indie Craft logo. What I like about this beer is it tells you the alcohol percentage by volume, but it also tells you the IBU. Yeah, I like seeing the uh, bitterness units on on the beer, which is not something I've seen in a ton. Um, I think it needs to be done more. I really I think it helps distinguish, not what it's going to taste like per se, but I know a lot of people that don't like the bitter, bitter yeah. beers. So they'll like intentionally look for something with a low IBU or like mm -hmm. a lot of the time I like that taste. Right. So I'm looking for something with a higher IBU. No, I get that. I like that they tell you. Um, it's kind of like along the lines where some beers will tell you like the flavor profile on here so that when you're trying something new for the first time or buying something new yeah. for the first time, you kind of know what it's going to taste like instead of sitting there looking online forever. Um, Which is what I do like most it. of the time. Yeah. Um, but I like that it kind of gives you some... Some indication of what you're going to get. Yeah, so let's uh, crack these open. Cheers. Well, these are warm now. <laughs> this has been sitting on the table for like 25 minutes. Um, so we're going to do the three thing, the three words to describe this. Yep. So um, it's got a slight bitterness. Mm -hmm. So I say like, I'm going to clue this as one word, but like slightly bitter. Okay. Um, it's got... Some musk, but not like really strong musk. Mm -hmm. Um, and it tastes a little bit dry. Yeah, it is dry. So um, I would say like slightly bitter, musky, dry. 
So I think it's super malty and it's, it is a super, so I would say that it's a malty, like aftertaste wise, you can totally taste it. Um, it's really hoppy. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I think, part of why it's like so bitter. Yeah, is it's, it's super hoppy. I think the muskiness comes from how hot yeah. it is. And it's kind of got like when you first drink it, it's kind of sweet. Mm-hmm. I guess so. Like that. initial sips yeah. are sweet, and then like towards the end, it's more like bitter and like malty. Yeah. It's like an experience. Yeah, I like that. I, I like beers that aren't just like this. Like you take a sip and it's like the first taste, and then. The final taste are the exact same. It's yeah. like one noted. Um, this has like a depth of flavor, which is nice. Yeah. Look at you using big old beer words. I watched a beer review once. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> so the way um, this beer is actually described, so um, they say it's meant they say think of lot number three which is like the go-to ipa from evolution um it says think of lot number three on performance enhancing malt and hops okay that makes sense yeah i mean it is a double ipa and lot number three is just an ipa so it makes sense that they would just be enhancing the flavor of the hoppiness the percentage yep i like this beer this is a good yeah no it's good Alright, so one other thing before we get into the topic. So, if anyone remembers the episode where I sat and talked about music for like two hours. Which one? That's, that could be a lot of them. Ooh, that's a personal attack. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one where we did album reviews, but I had listened to all of them and you had listened to like three. Oh, the first quarter? Yeah. Yeah. First quarter so, of last year? I thought it would be a better idea if I just kind of monthly as I just mentioned a couple of the albums that I really yeah. liked that came out. I thought that'd be much easier than us trying to describe things that you're not going to listen to anyways. <laughs> Stephanie's Music Corner, episode one. Um, okay. So I'm just going to talk about January albums. Obviously, it's February, but at the time of recording, I haven't gotten through all the February albums yet. So No, that makes sense. It's the beginning of February. Yeah. Give all January. January. And then like just do a month. Yep. Yeah, okay month behind so i'm gonna list five albums that i really liked because i have a lot more than that but just to keep it five is fair yeah keep moving um so uh the first one that i thought was really great this month was toro imoy released an album called outer peace and so he's like an electronic artist uh he does some really fun electronic dance music more so some fun EDM. It's not EDM. So you just said electronic dance. Music. I know. It's not like that kind of EDM. I'm it's, just giving you a hard time. I just thought it was funny. It's um he's like an indie artist. Got it. So that album was great that came out this month. One of his song lyrics that I one of the only notes I gave was one of his songs, he has a lyric that just says, James Murphy is spinning at my house. Cause the LCD sound system song is Daft Punk is playing at my house. Got it. The lyric is James Murphy is spinning at my house. I'm not going to lie for a second there. I thought like, I didn't catch what spinning meant. So I thought I just pictured this guy riding a bike, <laughs> <laughs> like soul cycling. And then I realized, oh, a record player, <laughs> which honestly should have been the opposite for me because it's very off-brand for me to have assumed that he was spinning, <laughs> like doing a spin class. Okay. So I also really liked... 
the album. Uh, it's called Malibu Ken by the artist is Malibu Ken. Um, so Malibu Ken is a collaboration between the DJ Tobacco, who does the Silicon Valley theme song, okay. if for point of reference, and then Aesop Rock, who is a rapper. It was just like a fun collaborative album. It's very heavy on like the, the DJ stuff, which is an awful way to describe it, but it's a really good fun rap album. Okay. So essentially just listen to it. Stephanie's not going to describe it. Yeah. That's I'm just listen. Yeah. Just listen. Yeah. Um, what else did I highlight? Um, so there is this garage rock guy. His name is Mike Kroll. He released an album called power chords and I was obsessed with it. It's just very heavy, fuzzy garage rock. Okay. Um, number four is better oblivion community center so that is a collaboration between phoebe bridgers and connor oberst okay do you say his name i think so um so they did this album together and it was great all right so then my last one i'll mention is the new deer hunter album so they released an album called why hasn't everything already disappeared? And that was another really great album. They're playing Chicago in a few weeks too, so yep. that will be for midwinter. Great. Yeah, they're doing mi- they're doing midwinter, and then they actually have a show afterwards too. Huh? They have like two shows over that weekend. Got it. All right, so that was my music corner. So Are you ready? Yeah, let's do this. Um, so this is a um, I hopefully like enjoyable topic for most people. I feel yeah. like everybody's, everybody. I feel like everybody can relate to something um, owned or like, affiliated with this yeah. and I corporation. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also have a feeling this is not going to end. I mean, it's planned as a single episode for now, but there's so much to talk about that you yeah. know we're going to spill this into another episode at some point later. And yeah, I'm sure it. we are. Well, we're definitely going to spill at least one of the like, affiliations. Affiliations. Two of them. Two of, yeah, both affiliations that we're yeah. going to talk about we're going to spill into a new episode. So we'll get to that. Um, but we're talking Disney today. We're talking the Mouse, the Mouse Corporation. Yes. So to start with, we're going to go through, uh, like a profile that we decided. Yep. Of like just kind of basic, um, favorites. Yep. That everybody can relate to. Yep. Um, so let's name the pro, like name the favorite and then you and I will both go. Okay. Sounds good. Um, instead of going separately. Okay. So favorite animated Disney movie. Go. Um, Emperor's New Groove. Ooh, Always. that's a good one. Um, so I actually have two listed because sometimes I'm not really sure if people consider one of them animated or not. I mean, it technically is animated, um, but the style... I mean, it's, when you say animation, you don't necessarily think no, of the style. No, I agree with that. So I said The Nightmare Before Christmas, and then I also said The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Okay. I agree with that. I mean, I consider Nightmare Before Christmas. I do, too. Um, and, well, it's not really animated, it's, but I think it falls under that bucket just yeah. because it's like claymation, and you're not going to say, like, favorite claymation movie. Because there's, like, one. Yeah. I mean, there's more than one, but... You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I... I... That's fine. Um, so, favorite Pixar movie? I said A Bug's Life. Um, I put Finding Nemo. Finding Dory is very close behind because I cried within 10 minutes. And, like, cried the entire movie. I'm sure you did. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite live action? The Princess Diaries. Oh, I forgot the... Well... (laughs) I love Anne Hathaway. That was like the start of that was was that her first movie? I don't know. The I first think it was thing, one of her first. That's movies. the first thing I remember her being in. Uh, same. Um, I said the first Pirates of the Caribbean film. 
Okay. That's fair. Back before we good. were very sick of Jack Sparrow. Yeah, and I mean, Orlando Bloom. He was you good. look at Orlando Bloom for a long time. Yeah, you did. Um, favorite character? Um, so I said Jack Skellington, but I also said Tigger. That's fair. Tigger's adorable. I did name my cat after Tigger. Yeah. Um, so for, for me, it's Ursula. Nice. Um, and then I also want to say Eeyore. I want to call, I'm going to shout out to Eeyore because he is a mood. <laughs> okay. He is all of us. Uh, favorite song from a Disney movie? Uh, Poor Unfortunate Souls from Little Mermaid. Um, Little Mermaid. I said Trash in the Camp from Tarzan. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me up, Phil Collins. <laughs> Okay. Um, favorite animal sidekick? Uh, Mushu. For sure. Oh, shit. I never actually wrote this down. I never answered this. Um, I would say Sebastian from The Little Mermaid because I love his accent. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Um, I also want to say Becky. I, I'm going to call her an animal sidekick. Becky from Finding Dory. Um, you have never seen Finding no, Dory. No, I have not seen Finding Dory. Um, she is this, like, Pigeon? Okay. I think she's a pigeon, but she's got, like, wonky eyes, and Marlin, like, apparently if you, um, imprint on her, she will just take you wherever you go, so Marlin just looks at her and goes, brew, brew, <laughs> and that's, like, it's just so ridiculous and hilarious, oh, okay. was... every scene with her. Nice. Um, what is your favorite Disney park and ride? Um, I'm gonna say Magic Kingdom. And Space Mountain with, like, an asterisk next to it. Asterisk. I don't know how to say that. Um, because Space Mountain is amazing. We, we went for Halloween, obviously, to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween. Um, and we rode that in the dark, like, completely jet black, with, like, galactic rock flame. Yeah. And it was an incredible, like, it was just incredible. Um, and so, like... That's the qualifier, is that it has yeah. to be in that, that situation. That version, yeah. Because otherwise... It's, it's also, I mean, it's fun regardless. Because yeah. Because you feel like you're going to... You can't put your hands up because you're going to get them chopped off. Yeah. Um, it was scary in the dark, though. Cause, like, oh, it was you so scary because you can't see anything. All of a sudden, a beam would come up and you're like, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to duck. <laughs> and you don't actually have to duck. No, but, but it feels just, like you do. Yeah, it was It great. feels like you do. <laughs> um, I said... I also said Magic Kingdom. And I said my favorite ride is the Haunted Mansion. But a Haunted Mansion when it's actually working or when we're on fucked up carts that are like, Oh, they're not, not working and it sounds like a horror movie? <laughs> that was actually very scary. That was terrifying. Yeah. Uh, that same trip to Disney, we <laughs> were riding the Haunted Mansion and the carts stopped working and they started... Just the ones that we were on, too. Oh, really? I thought it was... Um... I don't think it was everyone's. It was oh. just like three of them. Great. Oh, that's right. Because when we got off, we were like, hey, uh, that's our... This cart, cart's broken. <laughs> yeah. We also squeezed me, you, and Joe into one cart the first time we That was a rough it. decision. That was not great. I'm surprised they let us do that. <laughs> they were probably like, you guys are way too large to fit into a cart. <laughs> you guys are three fully grown adults. We can put like two children and an adult in yeah. this. Okay. Um, I do have to point out, I have a secondary favorite ride and park. Uh, I said Epcot and Drinking Around the World. Because that is a wild ride. Agreed. That's how you get kicked out. That's how you get kicked out. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the next one's going to be favorite Disney Channel original movie. Oh, that was a thing we were doing. Um, hold on, Phantom of the Megaplex. Got it. Um, I would say Halloween Town, and then um, Motocrossed is 
in second place. Nice. Um, if I had to pick a second place one, Xenon. <gasps> I forgot about that. Oh no. <laughs> oh, I forgot. I love Xenon. <laughs> So let's get into a few topics. Yeah, so let's quickly run through just some like way far back history of Disney. I mean, I'm not going to go through all of it because you obviously know where Disney has ended up. But some interesting things like I didn't know about some of this. Yeah. So um, Walt Disney uh, is actually from Kansas City, Missouri. He created a short animated film called Alice's Wonderland and he took that to California to work with his brother and they were going to release a series of like short cartoons about essentially about like an Alice in Wonderland type character. This is obviously way before Alice in Wonderland. But they were working out in California under the Disney Brothers Cartoon Studio and working on this show and then the name as they were starting to build some traction was changed to the Walt Disney Studio. Uh, Not a lot of history on why that happened. Uh, They say that Walt's brother recommended they do that because the name sounded cooler than Disney Brothers. Yeah, it's like Facebook versus the Facebook. The Facebook, (laughs) yeah. Um, So Disney actually developed... A, his first real, like, fully fleshed out cartoon was called Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. And it was distributed through Universal Pictures back in the 20s. The distributor decided to take this Oswald character and essentially using the animators that had worked on it, he took the concept and decided to not pay, essentially, Walt for it and start making it on his own without the Disney signage and um so walt ended up because he uh this character was owned by the studio not by disney himself yeah so he lost everything related to oswald that sucks but once that happened he decided to create this character um of a mouse named mortimer and uh the mortimer eventually became Mickey, because... As we know and love him. Yeah. He became Mickey Mouse because Walt's wife didn't like the sound of Mortimer Mouse. It's too many, like, too wordy. Uh, So they started work with a couple of short, silent films, well, silent cartoons, with Mickey Mouse. Uh Uh-huh. But at the time, that was when, like, sound was becoming popular so disney wasn't gaining a lot of traction because obviously it's just another silent cartoon yeah. uh the first one he did with sound is the one i think we most recognize with disney today steamboat willie right and that was still done in the cartoon style where they're like bouncing right yeah oh, i love that shit <laughs> it's so ridiculous but so funny yeah so that was the first like real what we you know now know as yeah. disney um he took this care, you know, he took the Mickey Mouse character and started creating the Silly Symphonies, which were all short little bits with sound. The Silly Symphonies turned into um, a show called Flowers and Trees, and it actually was the first full color cartoon, and it won a Academy Award for Best Cartoon in the 1930s. Awesome. Uh, so 
after doing that, they decided to, you know, reach a little bit further. And then they created, in 1934, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Snow White and the Seven Dwarves is the first full-length animated film to have, like, synchronized sound and color. So... So that's a huge... That was a huge... That was a huge... Yeah. At the time, yeah. That yeah, was huge. Absolutely. So that's all we're going to go through in history. Cause, I mean, a lot of Disney is... I mean, we'll talk a lot we, about I our mean, feelings on a lot of things. I think I a think. lot of people know Yeah, for the most part. Like, there's just some, like, way back knowledge. Like, I didn't yeah. know about... Oswald the Rabbit. Oswald the Rabbit. Yeah. Um, yeah, cool. I think Oswald's actually in the Kingdom Hearts games, by the way. <laughs> Oh, that'd be cool. Um, I think he, and in like the older ones, I think. Yeah, I didn't know that. All right, so what do you want to cover up on first? Do we want to do movies we didn't realize were affiliated with Disney first? Yeah, so this was fun. So we were looking through Disney movies just as a background for how this came up. We were just like looking through a list of Disney movies Mm -hmm. and kept being like, I didn't know this was Disney. I didn't know this was Disney. Yeah, we did a lot of that for a while there. (laughs) Well, I know one for sure that I thought was very surprising was National Treasure is a Disney movie. Yeah. I didn't know that either. I mean, it makes me very happy because Nick Cage is definitely my favorite Disney (laughs) prince. I would not call him a prince, but that's... He might as well be. Kind of fair? Ooh, there's some bad Disney movies on this list that I did not realize were Disney movies. Um, But a... Another one that surprised me was Cool Runnings. Yes, we talked about that. Yeah. Cool Runnings was probably my least expected yeah. Disney. Like, I was just like, what the fuck? Did you know that the Jonas Brothers 3D concert experience is considered a Disney movie? Yeah, I, I would assume that. Cause I, I mean, mean, they were like... They um, were Disney. Yeah. I would assume anything done by them. Like, I, the Hannah Montana movie and, like, Hannah Montana Live or whatever yeah. would be a Disney movie. Um, another one that's on here, uh, Race to Witch Mountain. Um, not surprised because I definitely watched all of those when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, what else do we got here? Uh, oh, uh, George of the Jungle was, I mean, I, I knew that was Disney, <laughs> but that just makes me happy. Yeah, Brendan Fraser, all, all day, every day. So we talked about this at movie night, but Return to Oz, which was a terrifying, like, sequel to The Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. was a Disney movie, and that was... Scary. That movie was weird. Oh, I also forgot, like, all of the Mighty Duck movies were Disney. How'd you forget they were Disney? I don't know. I could not answer that, to be honest. I'm just looking at this list, and I forgot how many movies Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movies existed. (laughs) Oh my god, I forgot that Heavyweights... Was a Disney movie. The ones about the kids that go to fat camp. I love that movie. I, didn't know that was, I forgot that was a Disney oh movie. Oh my god, I love that movie. I actually kind of want to watch it now. I forgot how many Air Buds there were. Yeah, there was a lot of Air Buds. Um, Muppet Treasure Island is on here. Muppet Treasure Island is good. Those were good movies. Yeah, there's a lot of... There's a lot. There's a lot. Of Air Bud movies. There's a lot of Air Bud movies. Um, Mighty Joe Young is on here. I don't... It's about the, the giant gorilla. Like, this girl, like, takes care of a gorilla. I don't think I ever saw that. Oh, that movie was sad. Inspector Gadget <laughs> is on here. 
The pacifier. We forgot to talk about that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, let's start talking about, um, one of the, I think one of the things Disney's most well known for, we can kind of discuss it, the princess movies. Yeah. Okay. So, what's your favorite Disney princess? Mmm. That wasn't in our list of earlier right. questions. Well, I'm, I'm, I didn't name one. You didn't either. No, I didn't. Um, Belle. Any reason why? Um, I think Beauty and the Beast is probably one of the first Disney movies I watched, and I watched a ton of it. That's fair. Um, I also really like the Belle, I mean, outside of like the fucked up pieces of Beauty and the Beast, um, I like that Belle was like kind of independent. She was like she was well read. She was intelligent, and even though she was made up made fun of for it, she kept doing her own thing. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite is. So I never really liked the princess movies when I was I mean, a kid. I, yeah. So I would probably say Elsa is my favorite, which sounds super lame, but <laughs> I really like Frozen. I mean, everybody so. knows that you like really like Frozen. Yeah. Just because I never really was into... If I had to pick, like, one of the, like, original ones, I'd probably say Sleeping Beauty. But I just never was that into it. There are a lot of things that are considered pretty problematic about the Disney princess movies. Um, I can agree with that. Like, so a lot of the relationships are kind of fucked up in well, some way. Also, if you think about it, these girls are supposed to be, like, 14. Yeah, like, isn't being, Snow like, White 14? I think she might be younger than that. But some of them are like 12 years old. Yeah. Know? They're very young. And they're meeting somebody and then like they show them getting married sometimes. Which is, it's not, that's not the super problematic part. I just think it's wild. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. Um, when I was actually in high school. Sorry. So I think that they're problematic because they teach you that like a guy will solve all your problems. They're like finding a man will solve your problems. That's why I liked Frozen so much and that uh, Frozen kind of covered off on the fact that like true love doesn't have to be a man it can be like your family or mm-hmm. like someone that's close to you like yeah at the end of the day it wasn't a guy that saved them they saved themselves yeah um, what I was gonna say is so I took this like I don't even know how to describe the class that I took in high school we just did like literary not even literary so it had nothing to do with literature um, I took this writing intensive course where we did a lot of like heavy analysis of different topics, uh-huh. and we actually had an entire segment on analyzing Disney princess movies okay. and like the problematic nature of them. Um, one that I remember we talked about for a long time was The Little Mermaid, and it's not just like st- I mean, obviously the storyline's kind of wild, like with problems but there's also um they were talking about how they almost like sexualize the young girls and how that's a problem yeah i mean if you look at what they're wearing like their bodies you see almost like like she has a tail but like in a bra and that's it and they i don't know how old ariel's supposed to be but she looks like she's probably she's supposed to be like a young teenager yeah but she looks like a i mean obviously the unrealistic representation of a woman but she looks like a fully grown adult well, one of the things was in the song, I think it's in part of your world. She's like writhing on the floor. Oh, so I don't know. I think I really don't. I mean, like I said, I never cared for the Disney movies like that. Sorry. I never cared for like the princess movies, but I know a lot of people have made complaints about 
how and I've heard arguments for both sides, but people have, people have said that like the Little Mermaid is very anti-feminism. <laughs> Cuz she just gave she up her gives voice, up voice yeah. for a guy. I mean, it's 3 days, which also was wild. Also, if she could sign her name on like that contract, she could have written a note to him, right? Um, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of people had Lots issues of with the fact that she was just like, gonna give up my entire life for a man. Yeah, agreed. Um, and lots. I've known him for three days, and I'm <laughs> gonna marry him now. Love at first sight, man. Apparently, it'll get you. Yeah. Also, it's super shitty that within those three days, Eric's gonna marry some other woman and yeah. is like getting married to another woman <laughs> that oh he God. didn't know. These guys move fast. Yeah, I know another thing I saw too, um, some of the issues that people had with Snow White were like, why is everyone obsessed with the 14 year old's looks? And like, why is that the entire premise of the movie? Yeah. Also, how is she the most beautiful maiden in the entire land when, when she's 14? Now, what's that saying about what you guys consider beautiful? I mean, people lived till... It- like eighteen, <laughs> yeah. She was a she was a spinster at that point. <laughs> All right, um, let's. Ooh, I do also want to point out, Belle a hundred percent has Stockholm syndrome in yeah. Beauty and the Beast. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like oh, absolutely. While we are talking about kind of like the messed up parts of Disney, let's um, talk about Song of the South. Yeah. Um, so obviously, neither of us have ever seen this movie. No, you cannot find it. Yeah, you cannot see this movie. Um, people, they let's. So what you will recognize Song of the South from is if you've been to Disney and been on Splash Mountain. Yeah. That is what the ride is themed after. Yes. So it is 2019. Um, do you know when the movie came out? Yeah, I actually have it here because I have an article pulled up. This is the one that I sat and read for like yeah. two hours when we were at Disney. Um, 1946. So, it is 2019. This movie came out in 1946. Um, do math for me, because I'm not going to do it in my head. 73 years ago? Sure. Is that math right? I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah, it's like 70-something years. Um, so, think about 1946, and now Stephanie's going to tell you about this movie. (laughs) Yeah, so, um, Song of the South is a live action and animation hybrid film about the story of, um, a young boy from Atlanta moves with his mother to his grandmother's plantation. And on the plantation, he learns, um, life lessons from his uncle through, um, the animated adventures of briar rabbit and briar fox and briar bear um the other thing this film's super well known for is the song zippity doo which is like super famous oh i didn't know that was from this yeah that's where it came from and it actually won an oscar for best song that year so the issue is like not what the movie actually depicts but what it chooses to like ignore okay. and like not reference for how bad it is um Obviously, like, the so the everyone is dressed in late Victorian era wardrobe, and there's no way to know that the film where the film is set, but 
it's assumed to be um, set in the Deep South before the Civil War. And the main character's aunt and uncle are slaves. And they're, like, totally cool with it. They're, like, happy to be slaves and share their story. And, like, have these people living with them Mm -hmm. on the plantation. I think another issue that people had with it was that it's obvious, like, the other Disney movies are obviously set in, like, a fantasy format, but this is very clearly a film. Like, a realistic interpretation. I mean, yes, there is the animation that's, like, telling the story, but part of it is, like, it's a movie about 1800s Georgia, and they never say that um, these people are slaves or they don't discuss slavery and they don't discuss the economic relationship between black people and white people. Um, they essentially turned the plantation system into like a utopia where everyone lives in harmony. But the only thing that is clear is that everyone that's black is a, like a servant to the right. white people. But everyone's happy about it. <coughs> So, um, going with that, you cannot find this movie anywhere. Yeah. It's been pulled, locked up. Um, yeah. I think the only, it's not, not online. I think maybe the only way you can watch it if somebody has like a super old. Actually, this movie has never been released for home viewing. Really? It's never on VHS, never on DVD of any kind. So you cannot watch You cannot movie. find, beyond clips of zippity doo specifically, you cannot find anything related to this movie the last time you could so they like released this movie and then i think they pulled it like right away because it was there was accusation accusations of blatant racism okay because this was in the late 40s you would think that if they pulled it right away then somebody had to have brought up that question or have made that point that this is yeah they not okay well so they brought it back in 1986 for the 40 year anniversary of the film and then the sh- it has gone back into so, like, the vault. the thing that's interesting to me is that they pulled it immediately is what you're saying. I or they pulled it very quickly. Yeah. Because I it was never released for home viewing. That means that at some point not very long after it came out they had to have realized it was fucked up. But they still made a ride after it. Um, so, okay, so I think the film was out for a while, and there was it was viewed as super problematic, and then after they built Splash Mountain, so that was in the 80s, right? and that was in celebration of Song of the South, I think that's when people were like, hello, this is a but problem. But the thing is, in the 80s, that's like close to, that's a little bit less than 40 years after it came out. Yeah. They never released it for home viewing. Yeah. There has to be have been a, a reason for why they never released it for home viewing. If my issue is that yes, Splash Mountain was made in the eighties, but there is a reason that they never released it. There's yeah. a reason that like you cannot find this movie anywhere, mm-hmm. and they had to have realized like you have they had to have realized how fucked up it was, and they still built the ride. So um, this art- and if you look at the ride. It's got nothing to do with the people. It's all yeah. about the animals. It's so about the briar rabbit, briar right. fox, and briar bear. Yeah. So, like, they had to have realized it was messed up and they still built the ride, but picked the pieces of it that they could create their own narrative of. Yeah. What this movie was actually, yeah. or what they are trying to portray. Right. So, apparently when this was released in 1946, less than a month after the film was actually released, people were picketing 
and like protesting the movie outside of like theaters. Okay. So in 1946, people were pissed off about this movie. Yeah. And then in the 80s, they made a ride after it. Yeah. That's the fucked up part to me is that they built a ride nearly 40 years later after knowing how people felt about it. And that's why, like I said, the ride does not depict any. Yeah. If you went on that, if you went on that ride, you would not know that this was what the movie was about. Like you, honestly, going on that ride, I didn't know that there was a movie tied to it. Yeah. So I had never actually been on the ride until we went. Yeah. I was it you or Joe that mentioned the movie? It was Joe. Yeah. So we were like on oh, the ride, yeah, and Joe brought it up. Disney. Yeah. Joe worked, Joe worked at Disney. Disney, so he brought. up. Yeah, he brought... Well, we should have had Joe on for this episode. Eh, it doesn't matter. Um, but he brought up, like, this was based on a movie, and I had no idea, and you had no idea, and then we looked it up. Yeah, and then I sat and did research on it <laughs> while we were waiting in line for things. Yeah. Um, that's the crazy part to me, though, is that they decided to build this. And that's still there. That's what. The, that's the thing I find the most surprising, is that, more, like, what, 30 years later? Yeah. At least. Nearly 40 years later. Yeah. This, after the ride has been built, and this movie has been out of circulation for that long. I think part of it is that, like, Splash Mountain is so integral to Disney. Yeah. But what they should do is completely revamp Splash Mountain to be about something different. Like, I think that they could easily, like, not tear it down, but completely redo the inside. Yeah. To make it about something different, to just completely remove the connection to this movie. It's crazy to me that 80 years later there is still this connection. Yeah. To a blatantly racist movie. So, the next thing I want to talk about um, is something I have recently encountered. Yeah, I've kind of, I mean, I had counted, and I didn't, like, I'd encountered it in the past. I've, like, seen it in the past, but I don't really think I thought... Like it was a thing? Yeah, I didn't think it was as relevant as it is. Okay, that makes sense. Um, That's a good way to phrase it. There are a lot of social media influencers that just post about Disney. So I think the weird thing for me about that is I don't think that Disney, and it's like Disney Park specific typically, like, and like merchandise. Yeah. But it's not like Disney movies, it's nothing like that. It's all parks and merchandise. Um, the thing that's weird to me about that is that I don't think that it's necessary. Like, people are going to go to the parks. Yeah. People are going to buy your shit, Disney. I just I don't can't... really understand the point and, like, why they, why they're paying for, like, clicks. Yeah. I, I don't think I fully understand I it either, but, like, I know a lot of brands that make Disney merchandise right. or like whenever a brand does a Disney collaboration type thing they'll bring these people in and like pay them to post about it right so like when coach did a Disney thing they like posted about it but like these people I've actually read interviews with them and like seen YouTube interviews with them they are like obsessed with Disney like Ooh. I like Disney a lot don't get me wrong so that brings up another topic, and just, like, generally people that are obsessed with Disney. I think it is the weirdest I thing. I think so as well. So, like, I grew up in Florida, obviously, so, like, right. everybody, when I was in college, there were two two groups of people, I guess. People that had Universal Season Passes. Three. People that had Universal Season Passes, people that had Disney Season Passes, and then people that were rich and shit and could afford both. Yeah. Not really rich, but just had jobs. Um, the people that had one of each, it was just, like, a regular student. Yeah. Um, 
But there were so many people I knew that were like Disney season pass holders that went once a week. Like on the weekends, they had a day off, they went. And that, it was crazy to me just how obsessed they were because they, like I had friends that lived in Orlando that would go like after class on a Thursday. Jesus. They were like a, on a Tuesday after class and they would just go to Disney because they lived right there. Which I mean, I, I get, makes sense. You live right there, you may as well take advantage of it. However, I also know people that like got married at Disney or got proposed to at Disney. That's like a like, thing. No, I, I, my cousin got proposed to in Disney. And I like I think that's so weird to me. Um, I have a friend that instead of having a wedding, they like bought something like investment-wise Disney related. I think it was like they bought a part of Disney. Like so this, a timeshare-esque thing. This is not this is more related to like the Disney influencer thing, but I just found this guy on Instagram that it's an account called The Lost Bros, and it's bros that are super into Disney. They have a Drink Around the World tour shirt. It's all of the countries where you drink around the world, and I kind of want it. I've seen those before. I want this. This is what I want. I've seen that. That's my style. Um, I just think the Disney obsession... I mean, I get being into Disney. I get it. They make great movies. They have a ton of assets. I get it. I don't really understand being obsessed, like, obsessed, where you would want to own a piece of Disney, have a timeshare there, get proposed to there, get married there. Like, I think that's all super weird to me. I'd be down to get to pr- proposed to at the Haunted Mansion. I mean, that's on brand, but I think that's weird. So, this is a different Disney account that I just came across that my friend follows. Um, she has 16.5 thousand followers, and she only posts Disneyland stuff. This is, like, even more Disney stuff. This, oh, yeah, because these aren't, like, just... Like, the other girl had... It was She was in most of the photos. Yeah. This is, like, actual stuff. Yeah, so... No joke. Disney is, like... Being an influencer for Disney is, like, a crazy thing on Instagram right now. And I still think that's crazy to me, because, like, they don't need that. It's not... The parks or the company, I don't believe that's paying them. I think it's the brands that That work with Disney that give them the cash monies because, Um, I mean, also I take garbage photos, like photos of me look like garbage and photos I take look like garbage. So that's why I also don't sit there editing the hell out of your photos for like hours at at a time. I mean, that's fair. I don't have, I don't have, I don't have free time. Yeah. Yes, like, Disney influencer culture and Disney, like, obsession Not culture. even... So, influencer culture and, like, obsession culture are two very different I, things. I think they're so, both weird. That's the reason I yeah. uh, loop them in together. Did so you know weird. there is a Disney fan dating website? No. You want to look it up? It's called Mingle Mouse. It is a uh, dating site for longtime Disney fans. It's $13 a month, and your, like, profile, so you know how, like, Bumble, you answer questions. I mean, it wasn't like that when I was on a dating site. You just had, like, a bio, and my bio (laughs) just said, I'm willing to lie about how we met, and that was about it. Um, I don't remember what my my Bumble bio says. Um, 
But so like be interested in that. <laughs> your the bio in here, you're supposed to like fill in your favorite Disney songs, your favorite Disney characters, parks and like memories associated with Disney. And it's meant to like connect crazy Disney obsessies. Also, like you were saying, I think it's super weird when you meet someone that's like that into Disney. Yeah. I mean, I know I, I, I said like, oof. <laughs> I like the, I mean, so I like the nostalgia of Disney. I, I, think, I think that's that why I, I think it's weird though, because it's like it's okay to be that into other things, but for some reason, being that into Disney is just weird. Because like you could be that into yoga, or like that into working out, or like that into drinking beer, or that into coffee, and it's okay. But like so, for some reason, being that into Disney is weird. I think it's weird because... It's like a personality trait at that point. Well, yeah, but I think that the reason we think it's so weird it's is because... you're a fucking adult. I would say Disney, a lot of it is meant for children. Yeah. But I mean, so is Harry Potter. And being that into Harry Potter is okay. Actually, no, it's not. It's still kind of weird. No one is that... Like, okay, you can... Ha- I have... Nightmare Before Christmas fucking socks on right now. Yeah, but it's not now, a personality okay? trait. Right. I get it. I, no, mean, I get it. You're not trying to date somebody on a website specifically for Disney. Yeah. Or specifically for Nightmare Before Christmas. I get, I I've get it. Dated, I get it. I've dated two guys that worked at Disney, and it was weird. I think that the level... I think that what it is is that like you can be that into other things, but the level of which people are that into Disney is still higher. Yeah. It's... Being that into Disney, I think, also because it's such I don't know for kids not even that it's for kids like you said Harry Potter is kind of also for kids but like there is a really negative connotation of being like that into Disney and it's also like have you have you met anyone that's that into Disney that's not kind of weird I haven't met a normal person that's that into Disney. Yeah, no, I get that. Like, the guy I know that works at Disney Shanghai is kind of crazy. And the dude's... He... he, Listen to this. Wait. It's also different because I grew up in Florida, so, like, a lot of people in Florida are that into Disney because it's down the street. It's fair. I think it's very... I think it's super weird when people are not living in Florida. Like, people are local local to the parks that are that into Disney. Because it's like, you don't... Like, Why? I don't get it. I feel like there's like, there's some like childish part of your personality, which is fine to like have that nostalgia and that like kid like thing. But if you are obsessed with something like that, there's like some part of you that's probably fucked up a little bit. Yeah. I mean, even as much as I love Harry Potter, I love horror movies. I love, but that's all, I mean, it's different. I think it's different. It like feels, for us, for, I'm for, saying, us, for us being into Harry Potter is there's a complete different different designation because we grew up with it. But the other thing too, and he grew up with us. I don't focus like right. that is not that's not a personality trait for you. Yeah, I can wear as much Harry Potter shit as I want, and it's not like the number one thing that right. you notice about me. You know what I mean? It's not your like it's not a basis for your personality, right? And we as much as I joke about how. The Nightmare Before Christmas is a personality trait of mine. It's I not. Mean, it's obviously it's not. It's not. No, I get it. And I agree with you. 
If you are obsessed with Disney and you are listening to this, tell us why. Tell us why. We want to know. Like, email I, us. I really want to know. Email us. Instagram us. Like, fucking whatever. Contact us. We say fuck too often. They're not listening to our podcast. <laughs> it does show up under explicit. Um, just tell us why you're obsessed with Disney. I want to understand. From like a psychological psychological perspective, I would like to understand this. If you're uh, a member of Mouse Mingle, or, or if you know some- someone that's a member of Mouse Mingle, or if you hit are us on up. any dating app or website, and you have something about Disney in your profile, and that like works for you, and hit us up. I yeah, want to know. We want to know more about it. Like, I'm super interested to. I would love to talk to someone and like understand like. What kind of people do you meet by having Disney yeah. stuff in your profile? Like, And honestly, what is it about Disney that makes you feel this way? Ooh, that's a good question. If you're a crazy... Not, not crazy. <laughs> Let's alienate the people that we're asking to talk no, to. No, I didn't mean it that way. Start over. <laughs> I don't say it to be mean. Just start it over. If you're just like a very big Disney obsessy, like what have I seen it called? ODD, obsessive Disney disorder. That's like a thing you can. Yeah, I think I've, I've heard seen that. it on Tumblr. Yeah. It's a thing. Um, if you're super into Disney, like to the point where that's like your favorite thing ever, can what? you contact us for one and tell us why it started? Yeah, how did you get to this point you in your life? It? What is it about Disney? And how many Disney influencers do you follow on Instagram? That's not really that important. I want to know. That, I mean, I would like to know as well, but that's not one of the important ones. Um, and, like, why Why are you still into Disney? Like, what is it that keeps you... What, yeah, what keeps you into Disney? I'd like to know that. Although, I can answer that question right now. Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> um, anyways. Yeah, I would love to learn more about this. Hey, guys. We are back for sober thoughts, but we're like a beer deep, so yeah. So Seven more sober, sober, more sober than the episode. Um, we briefly wanted to tell you guys that we are going to discuss all Disney acquisitions on later episodes. Yes. Um, we also wanted to say um, if you are interested in us doing like a multi-part series on anything um please let us know in comments or emails or facebook or whatever um just contact us if you would be interested in us doing like a multi-part yeah so that we don't end up doing like a two-hour episode on yeah. something going forward so for sober thoughts we decided uh we wanted to chat through some of the worst life lessons you can learn from disney yep uh one or both of your parents need to die before you could reach your full potential that's a good one. That um, happens to pretty much all of them. Yep. Um, it's totally normal and okay to have 101 Dalmatians in your backyard. Honestly, that's the life I aspire to have, so I, that's a, I don't think that's a bad Disney lesson. I think that's a good Disney, le- Disney lesson, if we're going to be honest. Um, it's totally okay and healthy to give your dog spaghetti. <laughs> don't give your dog spaghetti. Don't give your dog spaghetti. Don't give your dog spaghetti. Um, you can take someone else's job simply by throwing them off of a cliff. I kind of wish that were true. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I wish it were that easy. Um, everyone within the same community has a different shoe size. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> That's like the most ridiculous one. <laughs> um, no one's going to question that you have seven roommates. Yeah. 
Yeah, don't. <laughs> Even as a millennial, I know I'm not going to have... One of my favorite, like, there's, like, an overheard in Chicago, and it's like, he has four roommates. Do you really think he's going to want to commit? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, that rat that's in your kitchen might just be there to make some really good gourmet food. He might be a gourmet chef. Lastly and most importantly, uh, you have to let that strange lady into your home or you will be cursed. That's my favorite one. <laughs> That's my favorite one. Um, also, I apologize if you can hear Lupin eating or walking in the background. I had just fed him. All right. Um, we will see you guys next time then. Or yep. speak to you guys next. I, I can never, I never know what to say for this. Yep. Uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Bye. So that was the episode. We uh, hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it. I mean, if you're drinking while you're listening, then you should be enjoying it as much as we enjoyed making it. Yeah, we drank a lot, didn't we? We always drink a lot. So if you want to talk to us, uh, and we love talking to you guys, we hope that you reach out to us. You can get a hold of us through all of our socials. Uh, we are Drunk and Uncultured Podcast on Facebook. We are drunk, uncultured on Twitter. We are drunk and uncultured on Instagram. And our email address is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. Nobody send us emails. Please send us an email. Please send us emails. Um, My o- our only emails are... Spam. Uh, things that we signed up for. Things that we signed up for to get a discount for the yep. first time order. Um, also, we want to start doing something new for Final Thoughts. So, if you are interested, um, feel free to send us a message through our, G- our Gmail account, a send voice recording or something, um, and whatever you want, and it might end up on the podcast. If you send us an email, we'll read it aloud. Uh, if you send us a recording, I will play it. Yeah. So, just send us some thoughts. Yeah. Uh, our new website is up and running. You can find us at drunkenduncultured.com. So exciting. <laughs> we have a real website. We have a real website. And um, huge news, we are now on Spotify. Yeah, so you can listen to us on all of your favorite... Officially all of your favorite. All of the apps. All of the apps. Please go on, like, all of the apps and whatever you're using to listen to us and rate us and review us and we will read your reviews. As always, I'm Lindsay. I am on Instagram, Twitter, and Untapped. As Lindsay sold out, so please add me, um, especially when I'm tapped. I'll cheers you. I'll cheer or, you. I'll, I'll toast you. Yeah, whatever it's called. Toasting? Yeah. Um, and then I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and untapped at underscore Stephen Color. You can also find my music Instagram page at Shitty Concert Blog. All right, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye, guys.